Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and prefer not to disclose, back to the Undressing Underground Podcast. Today, as promised, is Sassy Black. She will be the headliner interview coming up first. She didn't have long to talk, though, because she is fucking endlessly busy. I mean, she records fucking songs on her phone. She's so goddamn busy. So we only talked for about 35 minutes. I think I stretched it a little bit longer than she wanted to originally do, but uh, I'm sorry. But I hope it was worth it. I hope I'm not too awkward and geeky. I don't know. I was really nervous about an interview. Anyway, after that, I talk, I guess, months ago, I talked to somebody from the Craigslist Misconnections that posted a long, interesting poem that seemed to be to nobody in particular. So like before, I contacted them and just sort of asked them like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And uh, we were going to talk over Skype or something, but it never worked out. So I had Miss Danger Tits read her side of the conversation and her poem for the show. Miss Danger Tits is a actress, entertainer, and Star Trek Next Generation Periscope riffer. Then, after that, there's more. And then it's over. But before it's over, we, I go and talk to Arvo Zyla a little bit about uh, his upcoming project. There's a little cassette coming out. I don't know why I call it Little. It sounds pretty cool. And uh, we talked a little bit more about the L train performance he has coming up in Chicago in November, which if you're in Chicago, I highly suggest you take a part in because it sounds like a really cool experience. And then we discuss our issue with Tonetta, the reclusive 66-year-old cross-dressing YouTube singer. It's, it's been frustrating. But anyway, first we will hear a track off the new EP by Sissy Black, and we'll hear her talking to me for some reason, and then we'll hear another of her tracks, another one from this year, uh, from her last EP, and then Danger Tits reading the Craigslist ad and conversation thing, and then Arvo, and then I'll be back at the end for very briefly, hopefully, except to go to bed. But here is Sassy Black with Dance in My Personal Sunlight. There comes a time in your life when you must realize why you are here. Dance. No. 
Just tired. Hey, you've been tra- you've been traveling a lot, haven't you? You're like I saw you're in Detroit right now, I think. Yeah. What are you doing up there? I'm just visiting a friend and checking out. Like it's like a like a designer week and like restaurant week or something. But like just chilling with a friend. Oh, nice. oh, and then there's like this big show going on where people are painting murals and stuff in Detroit. Like a lot of artists are doing a lot of things. Oh, cool. You're not performing yeah. yourself. No, not right now. How? You seem to have like a pretty cool life right now. Like you're just like everywhere <laughs> every day. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. Yeah. Um also, I wanted to ask about a uh, your I liked sorry my cast kind of bothered me again. Um, <laughs> this is every single time. Um Yeah. Um but uh on your uh email from your phone you've been labeled as a Star Trek communication device. Are you actually a Trekkie? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like it. I was just like I couldn't remember communicator at the time. So I was like, uh there's plenty of uh communication devices this could come from from Star Trek, so I'll just right. say that instead. Is there a particular series you like? Uh yeah, my first favorite one is uh Deep Space Nine right. with um a close runner up being the next generation. Oh really? Yeah. Um I sort of figured that actually because of uh 
those would be the ones, I guess, with like the flat communication devices instead of yeah. the flip phone sort of thing. Um, yes. So, <laughs> sorry. Um, so, has that effect? Does that like go into your music at all? Like, because it seems, is it appropriate to call what you're doing a lot of times like Afrofuturism, sort of? I mean, people call it that. I just call it psychedelic <laughs> sci-fi, <All right. laughs> like like science fiction music or something like that. Why is that? Because um, of the sense? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just with my intention. I intend for it to be really like spacey, like beyond Earth, and like I kind of think about things, but like that uh, when I create, and I do like a lot of like Star Trek and like spacey, like superhero type concepts and movies and shows and stuff so like how are you putting like how are you how's that affecting your approach when you're going into it? is it just like sonically like the the spaciness of it like the psychedelia or is it deeper than that <laughs> yeah i think it's like um i mean i think about it like when i write my l lyrics it's like more universal kind of um like a universal message so like any one or any being on any planet and any like dimension could kind of relate to. Hmm. And then I think about it yeah, definitely sonically. Like I put reverb on my voice and I do like these things, like that'll sometimes make it sound like more alien or uh, like more of a, I don't know, uh, more of a community to the voice, if that makes any sense. Like I kind of like try like to layer it so it's like a, community of voices even though it's just my voice like huh. it sounds like kind of a chorus or something a choir of voices but i like the community better so do you actually believe in like aliens and stuff like are you do you um do you like actually feel like you're trying to reach out to i'm not just like asking if you're insane but like yeah. <laughs> but like sun Ra sort of stuff is like is it meant to be like a message to the universe or something like i think you actually used that line in either dissatisfaction or your or your ep maybe like something about the universal word or something oh yeah yeah i mean yeah i i mean i try to communicate with all beings and i feel, believe there's life all over because it's like ridiculous <laughs> To me, to think otherwise. Yeah. Like, how can you, like, just imagine that only one planet has any thinking, breathing creatures of some kind, like living creatures or beings or spirits or energies? Like, that's, like, ridiculous to me. Um, so, I don't know. I just try to make something that everyone can relate to. And so, if I mean, like, everyone to relate to, I guess I'm referring to them <laughs> as well. Like, that'd be kind of fucked up to just be like, yeah, everybody on Earth earthlings only <laughs> earth messages only you bitches is like that's so rude <laughs> like just fucking forget about all the other planets all the other galaxies everybody else who exists i don't have to know them yeah. but i feel like there's like a unifying like presence and you know so like, if you could you'd be like sending your stuff out into space to see if anybody's liking it <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> That's the first time I think I've ever heard somebody refer to like being rude to aliens outside of like killing them. I think <laughs> <laughs> usually that's the context I hear. Like, yeah, you don't want to. We don't want to kill them as soon as they come here. Not like I don't want them to not like my music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, like, what kind of sci-fi are you into? That I guess, like, like, what do you think is like really digging into your sound? 
I mean, I watched a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. recently, <laughs> and I really liked that show a lot. I guess, like, it kind of tried to hide away from it a lot. Yeah. People would be like, well, you don't know. Like, <laughs> I have Trekkies telling me I don't know enough about Star Trek, which right. is like, how can you know too much or too little? Like, if you know, like, the characters' names <laughs> and that there's more than, like, Captain Kirk, I feel like sometimes you, you should get a little leeway. And then if you know, yeah. like... You know, like, you know, some stuff like there's a variety of Trekkies, you know, so there's like there's the bullying Trekkies uh, <laughs> that made me a little nervous about being like admitting that shit. And then there's just the regular bullies that are like, that's lame. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that's why I was like, fuck that shit. I like it. I watch it a lot. <laughs> I know about the, like different characters and species on the show. I think I get a fucking pass. Really? Like how like do you watch it that often? Like you actually I used to watch like several episodes of DS9. It's like, you know, you get into like um your binge watching shit, you know? Yeah. Like I watch all kinds of stuff. Like it's always sending Philadelphia or like just <laughs> crazy ass shows, whatever, right? But you get into binge watching, so you like know every episode. Yeah, I mean, like, young people, like, I don't know about you, but, like, I don't have cable. So it's like, if I'm going to watch something, I'm going to pick something out, then I don't know what else to put on. I'm not going to keep switching shows for, like, two hours. Yeah, if you don't have to, you can just watch it and know a story. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, television, it's like, oh, that show's off, and it's not, like, it used to be, it's off, and then it's not back on until next fucking week. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's not the same episode, it's another fucking new episode. (laughs) So, like, now it's like, oh, you could just watch whatever, whatever. So were you not watching, like, a lot of sci-fi as a kid? No, I did. Okay. I watched, like, all the Star Wars, <laughs> and I watched... Uh, I, that's, I watched Star Trek while it was on air, like, up until... Um, after Voyager, up until Enterprise. Yeah. I really didn't want to watch it because I felt like the quantum leap leap over was, like, a little too much because it had the same guy who started in Quantum Leap. Oh. And I was like, nah, I can't do this. It's messing with my brain. So wait, how old are you then? Do you mind me asking? I'm 29. Oh, okay, so you're a couple years older than me. So yeah, you were, I guess, yeah, you. we were probably watching like the same syndication of Star Trek Next Generation and stuff as kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched DS9 as each episode was coming on. I could not wait it was like the family thing we would watch ds9 yeah same here and then like when voyager came on that was a big deal i remember my dad's yeah. thing and stuff oh, it's coming back look yeah. it's still going <laughs> they were like wasn't there a time when like all three of them were airing at the same time like they were yeah. all on the air that was fucking crazy and now there's nothing <laughs> yeah there's like no no because enterprise had to get canceled probably. yeah Anyways, it happens have you ever watched any of like the uh, fan series versions, like that continued like the original Star Trek? No, they're like kind of weird. It's kind of like um, Oliver Stone's W, where it's like they look kind of like the person, but not enough that it gets like kind of weird and freaky. <laughs> oh my goodness, that sounds great. Yeah, I um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so. I guess you mentioned like writing your lyrics and everything like that was the main like how did you feel about that when uh the port in the pitchfork review that like that was like their only real critique then was your lyrics i thought i was like oh cool you guys reviewed it hell yeah <laughs> um that's it really i was i mean i didn't even see it as a critique i was like whatever i don't even remember what they said uh they were like they were very. I just remember them being very positive about the lyric about um the music, but then the lyrics they said were uh, 
I don't know. I forget they said, but like I get the like how much f like is ready lyrics on the album important to you? I guess. Um, yeah, all my lyrics are important. Really? Um, because it seems like I don't want to start critiquing, but like they seemed, yeah. um, like more stream of consciousness, I guess, than like the stuff in like the satisfaction. Like they seem more just like chant based and like. I don't know. They seem. I mean, it's. Oh yeah, I, it's a different album. I was like, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you wanted to hear Desatisfaction, go fucking play Desatisfaction. Like I said, this is Sassy Black. This is a different person. Yeah. And people haven't heard her, so they don't know what she sounds like. And um, I, I do expect a lot of people will be like, that doesn't sound like what she's on Desatisfaction. That doesn't sound like the Shabazz record. Uh, like, if you actually listen to my music, I don't sound alike on all of my songs or all the collaborations I've done. Yeah. And I've done tons of collaborations. Like, DSAT, yes, Shabazz stuff, Silver Jackson. Like, there's other music out there that I've done with other people that sounds different. And so, um, for me, it's like, I'm a stylist. You'll know it's me on the track. Right. But I would be doing it however Sassy Black does it. And it's going to be like... That's what I wanted it to be like. That record, the EP for Personal Sunlight to me was like huge because yeah. I spent a lot of effort. It's like I spent a lot of time putting that together. And I mean, it was, I made it really fast, but I worked diligently in a different way on like releasing it. And um, how was that? It was cool. Like I got it professionally mixed and mastered. I haven't uh-huh. had an EP, I've never, I've never had anything like that. And um, that was tight, you know. Um, also, you know, like, it's huge for me because it, people picked it up, you know. People like it. People are like, yeah. these are songs I really like on it. Oh, yeah, And this great. is how it makes me feel. So that's tight. And it is kind of like a stream of consciousness, but that's kind of like, if people meet me, like, we're talking right now, like, yeah. I'm kind of like Tangent City. Right. Like, I go, like, all over the place, you know. And yeah. so... Uh, I guess well, and, uh, Sorry. Oh, no. I was going to say, also, I listen to, like, a lot of funk and jazz music. Yeah. So that's where it's going to be, like, really relevant in. Like, you go all over the place, and then you kind of come back, and then you're like, oh, shit, this is where (laughs) we were. I didn't know we were over here. I forgot. It's like, the song has developments, too. Like, this is an adventure. Well, I was curious, I guess, because that's the feeling I got is, like, that even though it did have that sort of stream of consciousness feel, that it was very intentional. It was sort of like a meditation, almost, like just sort of meditating on those different feelings of like, because you're painting these pictures with, or like you're, they're definitely exploring like a feeling like come dance in my personal sunlight. Isn't like a literal thing at all. Like it's very abstract. It seems like, and it's very much meant to portray a feeling more than anything. And I'm losing my focus, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, cause that's what I was sort of curious. Like it's, it felt like sort of an odd critique because it seemed like you weren't trying to like do something big with the lyrics, I guess. Like you weren't trying to go as far as they wanted you to, like you were just trying to portray those sort of simple things, I guess. Um, I, I mean, like, I don't know. I've been critiqued so much in my life <laughs> for all kinds of things. So, yeah. uh, um, it would to me, I was just like, cool. Again, I was just like, cool, you reviewed it. You didn't tell me like my voice sucks. Uh, like, you know, like if you, the most you say is like my lyrics or whatever. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I've been writing, I've been writing songs longer than I've been singing them. 
Really? You know, like I've been writing, like writing songs and poems for the past like 20 years. And I only started like singing my own music when I was like, I don't know, 16 or something like that. So, you know, like it's, it's all whatever. I'm just like, um, it's cool though. Cause I'm like, ah, you think that this is about my life my stuff or whatever yeah. uh, wait till you hear the next project because that's gonna be way crazy you don't know what the fuck to do with me like you're really not gonna know and when is that gonna be because your last ep came out of fucking january and then you also had yeah. the sea satisfaction album this year you've already yeah. had three releases this year i guess yeah <laughs> is there gonna be like another one like another two months or something yeah i'm actually working on like a couple more eps i'll put out at least one more before the year's over are you gonna be able to keep this up? Do you think, or is this just like a phase you're going through where you're just gonna like, just open? I guess yeah. like. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really put out. I've been making beats forever. Like I have yeah. Ella Music or whatever. So I don't know. I make up songs all the time too. So I was just like, ah, eh, put them out. You know, what's the worst that could happen? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like yeah. no bad. There's really no bad thing that can happen from putting out music nowadays, especially oh, yeah. with like the music I hear on the radio. Somebody just put down their SoundCloud. Somebody <laughs> loved it. They posted it and then they sent it to somebody. It's on the radio now and they're headlining arena tours. Right. You know, like that shit happens. So like the worst thing that could happen is you end up on a, an arena tour, like, <laughs> you know, like, or nobody likes it. Like either way, it's like. Or whatever, you have like a brand now. Like people are actually buying your shit. So like no matter what, you're getting yeah. some money out of it anyway, too. That's so insane. So I was like, there's actually no nothing bad that can happen from releasing your music. Yeah. Even if somebody copies it, someone's going to find out that someone copied it. And they're going to be like, you should look at this artist yeah. that they copied. It's always going to be like somebody in your court. <laughs> Have you been doing well with this new one? I know, like, obviously you got reviewed in Pitchfork and you were touring some weird areas. Like, I saw you played in a place I used to live in, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, has, has the reception been good with this? Like, you've been getting a lot more feedback with this one? Yeah. It's been super fun. Like, I mean, people like it. Like, people are right. like, I listen to this like every day. Wow. I listen to it really often. Um, certain songs stand out to people. It's been really interesting. I like it. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's cool doing the song. Like, I like making beats and um, people are responding well to it. It's just been kind of funny. I like going on tour too. I mean, honestly, I set up all the tour dates myself. So nice. it's like, and people, but people are really open to it. They're like, oh, yes, come back. Like, everybody's told me to come back so nice that, that can't be bad what was it like in mississippi like because you're sort of out there with your music too it's not like yeah um and i don't remember there like when i was down there because i was i was living in that city but like i don't remember there being much uh many people that into experimental sort of stuff i guess yeah um was there a good turnout yeah it was super chill i mean it was like maybe like 20 folks um, they were excited. Someone from Seattle was there. I was like, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was really chill though. People were open. They're excited. There's other like one other person performing and another person DJing, and they had like they have a scene out there. Like they have a small scene that was open to my sound. Oh really? So uh, yeah, and it was like this cool like comic book spot. It's not a comic book spot. It's like I don't know how to describe it, but they also have like figurines and shit and records. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah, a multimedia spot or something like that, but it was super chill. Yeah, I think I've actually been there. I think I used to take bass lessons, like, on the same... It was, <laughs> it was like, in a strip, right? Like, a strip mall sort of thing? No, oh. um, no, it's, like, around a corner on something. It's, like, not oh, a strip okay. mall. This is, like, owned individual building. Oh, okay. 
I looked at the pictures on the inside when I saw your tour date. When I saw you were playing there, I was like, what the fuck yeah. is this place? Um, and yeah, uh, yeah look from there, but I guess not. Um, but so what were you listening to when you went into uh, Personal Sunlight? Because like I was listening to it again today. Like I noticed there's like a lot of sounds like a lot of like trip hop influence almost. That's funny. I don't listen to trip hop like, oh, really? <laughs> at all. I can't even think of a trip hop artist. I can only think of one, but that's what I was thinking of. Um, Santa Gold, I guess her first EP, like had like um, a lot of that sort of dissident sort of a uh, little noises like off to the sides. I guess I don't. I don't know how. I think I might have heard that maybe like once, or yeah. I don't think all the way through. Even I've heard like random Santa Gold songs. I don't really I haven't heard her music a lot. Yeah, but um, I. I was listening to like Herbie Hancock and okay. um, Stanley Clark and um, listening to the, some Thundercat and who else? I can't even think. <laughs> I don't know. I was just listening to random music on the internet. Yeah. I was just like ready to make something. I think it was really more experience based of a project. Like I had a really good time. Like I made all those beats when I was in LA, which oh, is right. kind of funny about Sunlight. It was fucking beautiful out there. So yeah. hot and sunny and gorgeous. And I was like making a beat a day. I was like, yes, this is great. Like I'd wake up in the morning and make beats. And I'd be like, yes, it's a great day. <laughs> and then um, I had just gotten off tour too. It was crazy. Yeah. There's so much stuff going on. I had just got off tour with Leader Kinney. So yeah. I think also I was probably influenced <laughs> by them because I was hearing them every night. And I was like, damn, they're so free with their sound. I was just like, I got to make some music. And they took so, you around the world, right? Uh, no, just well, kind of, but uh, <laughs> like the South, uh, New Mexico, and oh, okay. um, the West Coast. Oh, uh, who were you touring? What was the tour over in Europe then? It was just us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We just did like a couple of days, like I feel like seven shows in ten days between Spain and Portugal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but uh. Actually, yeah, I, as far as the beats in the morning go, like, I sort of got that feeling from the two, because, like, listening to it, it reminds me of this one bootleg of uh, Bob Marley. Like, it was just, like, some bedroom tape he did in his room, like, some morning. Like, it definitely has that, like, sort of laid-back feel to it. Were you, mm. um, were you just, like, creating these beats in GarageBand again? Because I remember the one album said it was all done in GarageBand, I think. Yeah, me and mine's Q Chase was done all in, it was all on my phone actually, and then I put really? it in Ableton. I made GarageBand and I recorded it into my phone, and then I mixed it all in Ableton. And then this one, no, I made all the beats in Ableton. Huh? Wait, you did you sing into the phone too? Yeah, and I did that one for this one too. Oh uh, really? well, no, no, I didn't. For this one, I went and recorded at um, Serato, at their offices, studios, and uh, Converse Rubber Tracks. Huh. And yeah, but wait, when you're recording into your phone, because it doesn't sound like you're just singing into your phone. Like, do you have like an external mic you're using for it? No, I'm just singing into my phone. Really? And then I put it into um, Ableton. Holy shit! It sounds yeah. so good though. I'm surprising. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I went from recording shit in the closet, you know, or like on tape recorders back in the day, yeah. to doing this. So it's much better whatever happened to the stuff you were recording back when you were like 16 is any of that available hell no i did like my first <laughs> no <laughs> that was just like stuff on tape cassettes it's like in a box somewhere i don't know what the fuck that shit sounds like um i uh and i never put any of that out like i uh 
put out my first project last year. Others really? part one, the first beat tape. That was the first one ever, hmm. first solo project ever. How far back does your professional stuff go then? Like how long I've been recording and performing or whatever. Oh. I guess, yeah. Just like how long have you been actually been like putting stuff out, I guess. Not just solo, but. Um, I've been putting out music, I guess for the past nine years. So like, well, first EP, well, like uh, the first thing with DSAC, because my bands only put out demos. The other bands I was in. They, we were so close to recording. I have a demo of one of my bands somewhere, yeah. but um, that was from when I was like 18 or something. And was this all based in Seattle? Yeah. What kind of scene was it out there? Cause like, I know of, um, I know of like, uh, do you know Critters Buggin? Okay. I, there's like this weird sort of like white punk jazz scene out there, I think. That was maybe it was like ten years ago though, so it might have <clears throat> ended. But, um, but so like, what kind of scene were you a part of? Because like the sound you guys have, like it has like a lot of like '90s R&B sort of stuff, like uh, Erica Badu and everything. Um, is that like, does that come out of a scene or anything that you've been a part of? I mean, I was listening to. A, I wasn't really a. I mean. How do I say this? I was mostly a homebody yeah. growing up. So I would just listen to whatever's on at the house. When I did go out, there's this like, I don't know, like Ja Rule and J-Lo <laughs> and Ashanti shit. I yeah. love R&B, you know? So that stuff would be on a lot. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Like I used to go to a lot of open mics and there's like the hip hop scene and stuff like that. So I guess I was like in that hip hop scene. I was really in the like jazz scene because I went to school for jazz. Oh, really? Yeah. So I went to school for jazz vocals. So I was like more into that scene and I knew more of those kind of singers. But then I was, I had already been in the scene from whatever. So whoever was singing, I was kind of already had known them from being in a play or in a choir or in some capacity, like open mics or something where they were at. Yeah. So what, what kind of, was this a jazz high school or a jazz college? Uh, college. It was a, a perform, not a performing art school. It's a an art school okay. in Seattle. That's cool. How did you end up going there? Um, I applied <laughs> and I got I got in. As it. I was just like, I want to go somewhere that's in Seattle. I don't feel like trying to figure it out, move, and all this other stuff. And I only liked music. Like I only wanted to do stuff that was creative. I didn't want to go to. If I was going to go to school, I had to go to school for music. Otherwise, where am I going? So you like really, like, did you have a plan B or anything though? If music didn't work out, um, uh, I don't know, kind of, <laughs> not really. I mean, I was like, if I don't sing, I'll be acting because I okay. I know I could get roles acting because oh, I was yeah. already doing a lot of plays. I just remembered. Are you? At, I saw you retweeted something. Are you actually in Scorsese's new show? Yeah, I was in the pilot episode as an extra. Oh, really? Oh, I was but too, I, actually. But as a prominent extra, though. It was okay. like not... I thought I was like, oh, cool, an extra, whatever. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to be... Because I portray Ruth Brown in it. Okay. Because um, there's like this section where he has musicians or whatever. And I, so I'm thinking, hey, I'm going to be behind a band. Whatever. Yeah. So excited. Scorsese's not even going to be there. Whatever. <laughs> Hella excited just to be a part of this shit. Yeah. I get there. No, it's just you. Oh, uh, and uh, I was learning the tambourine. I had to learn the tambourine that day. 
which is like, what the fuck? I had big welts on my legs later. <laughs> and then um, Scorsese was there. Holy and shit. he was the one who was directing me. He's like, keep it up. You're good. <laughs> Fine. Just keep going. It's like tight. And I, I didn't have to do like, I'm a professional. I've acted before. Yeah. So I know like not to fuck around with people's times. So you clear everything out. How I do is I clear everything else out of my brain. And then I'm just there. Like right. nothing else exists. Like I literally have this way of like, nothing else exists. Here I am. Because uh, if I focus on anything else, then I'm not doing the role right. Yeah. Clear everything else out. Cool. There I was. He said I did a great job. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> He, but he meant the shit because he took a picture with me. It was hella nice about it. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Hella fucking nice, yo. I have that. I'm framing that in my house. Oh, man. And I'd be man. like, shit. But um, these are awesome. This is like the best experience. So, uh, yeah, if I wasn't singing, I would be acting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I was on, I'm, I'm in the pilot too, I think, but like I'm in the audience of a, of a what's it called? Um, What's her name? It's the New York Doll Show. So okay. I'm like way in the back, so I'm probably not gonna be visible. But uh, that's <laughs> awesome. Have you done a lot of other acting, like professionally? Then I've just done plays. I've only done stage acting. Okay. Yeah, in Seattle too, and I wanted to. I was gonna break out. Like I was like before these had started. I was like had just finished a play. Really. That I was in, like actually, like around right after the time that these had started. I just finished my second play of the year because I used to do one every holiday season. Like in for two years, like um, it's called Black Nativity. They do it all over the country. Oh, okay, but um, they had a Seattle version. I was a part of that choir. I do that every holiday season, which is like mid-November to like the beginning of the new year. So like two years, or two months, or whatever. And then I would do uh, other plays at other theaters. So I had just done like my second play of the year, hmm. and um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do. Let's go full thing with this band, you know, acting opportunities will come up and I would just like ignore them. Cause I, at one point, like I had casting director who really liked me. And yeah. so she would call me and be like, Hey, we're looking for someone to do this. I know you do this. Or like, there's these other roles coming up. So I started to get asked to more, do more stuff, but then I just stopped. Do you miss it? Yeah. I love to act. I just, I kind of forgot getting all hyped up in the magic <laughs> and madness of music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would you have you tried to get out to any new Star Trek movies I need to fucking figure this shit out <laughs> I need them to come up with another Star Wars so I can be out in there I can get my SAG card and be like dude make me an android or something like I can yeah. isn't let that, me in there isn't that what Janelle Monae's doing isn't she an android in the new Star Wars or something I don't I, if she is that's awesome I just saw she was an android on the cover girl shit oh maybe that's all <laughs> I, I, saw... I, I mean if she's in the fucking movie that's fucking badass because then oh, i'm yeah. gonna be like hey i want to be in there too please yeah. are you uh i take it you're a fan of hers like yeah um, she's great she's yeah. really talented like she can really really get down she's really focused about the music do you um i'm trying to think of like what i'm trying to say like <clears throat> She's... I just want to give you five minute warning. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, yeah, we can end whenever you need to. Okay. Um, she's like the closest thing I can think of in the mainstream right now to like what you and and uh, the satisfaction are doing though. Like, is there anything else in the mainstream that you guys that you or you guys sort of identify with that you think could like I don't know like what's the, I guess more my more curious like what do you think the trajectory is like where do you think you're going with this? 
with uh with, satisfaction or sassy black with either like i guess both because i guess they're both sort of separate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um satisfaction. i mean we've been so far and done so many things i mean yeah. i always wanted to be in a girl group i liked swv and tlc to the supremes and you know the emotions and shit like that so i always wanted to be in a girl group i've been trying to put one together for as long as i can remember and then this one just kind of came together nice. which was tight so um i don't know i think it makes places for queer psychedelic black soul groups everywhere you know um and there probably already were i mean i found out about esg late but i was like damn that's kind of the vibe too you know uh salt pepper all that shit you know like it yeah. works that's like you have one for now for the underground sound and vibe and that's what that feels like for sassy black i feel like uh i just want to have a place where i could be just a psychedelic electronic soul musician yeah and like really embracing being an electronic musician because that's what i am and if people were to be like she's an electronic musician over she's hip-hop or whatever <laughs> i could do anything <laughs> i can make yeah. music that sounds like like, and then that would like me be me saying that all day with some echoes on it they're like that's a hot record because i'm an electronic musician instead of a hip-hop artist if i did that they'd be like this is so like da, 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 da. yeah you know there's different limitations on that so i'd like to be a, a, a psychedelic uh electronic you know hologram funk <laughs> artist or something like that like a bunch of weird shit like I just want to be able to make like the music that makes Pitchfork be like, what the fuck did Cat come out with now? That shit's crazy. You know, like I want everyone to be like, Sassy Black's new sound is like very different than the other one. <laughs> like, you know, Erica Badu keeps changing, but like my favorite artists always change their sound because yeah. they're like evolving. So they're inspired by different things and they want to make different sounds. So I want to be like that. So you, you, you think you're going to keep pushing the boundaries as far as possible with Sassy Black? Hell yeah, I'm gonna make this like all kinds of music. That's just all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be me and I'm like all kinds of ways. So. Oh, I guess the one last question would be like, do you plan on um signing to a label at some point with it or do you think you're gonna keep doing it unsigned? I don't know. If somebody's like really cool and they wanna sign me, <laughs> that's tight. Yeah. Um otherwise I'm just chilling. This is just fun. I like it. Because now I'm just like, I get to be out here doing my own thing. and People kind of find out. They're like, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I kind of like being on the underground tip for Sassy Black for the time being. But I know it's not going to be for hella. Yeah. I know I found you um, through uh, Bitch Magazine had like top five or five different black woman electronic musicians. And uh, yeah, they had your cute girl song i was doing i was looking through the air or something oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah your, your music had the effect on me that you wanted it was like holy shit what the fuck is this how's this going on in this day <laughs> yeah that's funny yeah. yeah those eps are totally different that's what i wanted to like oh, one that's yeah. like super poppy and the other one that's a little bit more experimental uh yeah yeah i always describe it to people as like erica badu meets sun ra like i can't think <laughs> of any other way to describe it to people <laughs> yeah all right well um, i guess you gotta go so yeah thanks for taking the time to talk to me I've, yeah no fun. problem thanks just send me like you know when it comes out that's tight yeah sure um and yeah thank you for talking to me at all because i don't know because like you are getting a lot of recognition it seems like and you are doing cool things and um <laughs> i have no <laughs> idea why you actually reached back out to me to talk to me 
but thank you. Um, and I reach out when I can. I thought it was cool. And then yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, I am underground. And then you're like, there's a million things you're doing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't oh, know. Yeah, well, real quick, what the fuck is the thing with the seven companies you have? What are these seven oh, companies? <laughs> okay. The Satisfaction, um, Black Riddle, that's the same thing, technically. Okay. Space Theory, uh, and under that, it's like Sassy Black. Betty Brown, where I knit stuff. You knit and stuff? I make jewelry. And then there's another one I just launched that's still with Betty Brown called Fantastic Fits. I pick out apparel and sell it. And uh, I don't know. Funky Holy Congregation shit. is under Space Theory. But I do like cons- consultant curator work uh i don't know i'm a writer i also write for the seattle weekly oh my god every other month yeah so ah shit yeah no wonder you're so fucking busy all the time <laughs> uh, yeah that's why it's like a million companies sorry i can't figure it out but. yeah i don't even know how like you have the time to do anything you're doing like how you have time <laughs> to tour or anything with all this shit you're doing that's crazy yeah eh, it's life <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's oh. my life anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome though. Keep up the uh, good work, and I hope you can get on Star Trek someday. <laughs> oh my God, please! I'm gonna start tweeting that every day. I'm gonna hoot tweet it. I'd be like, put me on Star Trek. Put me on Star Trek. You know, actually, there's a connection now. I think the guy who directed um the film, uh, Attack the Block, which had the kid that's now in the new Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I think the director of that is the one that's directing the new Star Trek. Oh wow! Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna post yeah. all that every day it's just gonna be annoying tweets are like put this bitch in star wars or star trek or something yeah so you have She's like three annoying. people you can tweet at every day like the fucking um moses whatever his name is the guy who directed attack yeah. the block and jj abrams it's yes, I was like, the, please. yeah please put me in star trek please put me in star trek <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna start a campaign starting it in october I will, 31 days <laughs> i will promote the shit out of it <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck. All right, thanks. You have a good one. You too. See it. Me and mine. Me and mine. Me and mine. Me and mine. 
and my cute chicks, we tryna turn it up. You and your ugly bitches, you tryna run up. Me and my cute chicks, we better turn it down and spin it all around. Me and my cute chicks, we better turn it up. You and your ugly bitches, you tryna run up. Me and my cute chicks, we finna turn it down and turn it all around and change it all around. Me and my cute chicks. chicks. Me and my cute chicks, we finna turn it up. And now, basic bitches, we move on to missed connections. Indianapolis Craigslist, Missed Connections, My Master, I Am Bound by Truth. My Master, I Am Bound by Truth. Some truths hurt deep down to the soul. Why do I let your lack of words crush me? Why do I love when I cannot be loved myself? Why do I seek you so when I know? When others seek me out, they say they want me, say a lot of things. I judge them as insincere, that is the truth. My motives are not the same as theirs. I tell the truth, they are not capable to believe it. You always go silent now when I speak of desire, since the time you have seen the real me. This is not blame, my love, it is understanding. I shall never depart from you willingly, I cannot. Others wonder how I can be so bound. Others could never compare to you. They cannot conceive of the truth. You provide so much and have saved me. You allow me a humanity I never thought was real. You'll not fall from this pedestal. Your rusty armor provides a shield, and your dirt would break the fall. Crushing dirt is of no consequence. Simply brush it off. It will be there next time as well, waiting to support again. Others wanting is no solace. No allowances can fill the void. The truth is, I would give myself to fire. I would deny any desire. I would die a thousand deaths. I would rise from the ashes to face fire again. You allow my tears to fall without punishment, without regret, 
without malice or motive. Eternity could not outlast me. My soul would seek you out, perhaps in a more appealing form and fate. My gifts for you are many, and you do provide reward. Strong and dirty hands, smooth and understanding voice, my longing that will never be, but those hands hold my soul. All right, so my first email was basically a form letter I was sending everybody. It just said I do a podcast, which I talk to people from different underground cultures or scenes. I was considering an episode about people posting poems, short stories, and honest letters in the misconnections section of Craigslist. And then just asked if uh, she'd be interested in talking for 10 to 15 minutes, and I'd guarantee total anonymity. I can't say that word still. I guaranteed she could be anonymous. Uh but we never got around to talking on the phone, so that's where it starts. And next you will hear Danger Tits. I admit, your request seems far-fetched, but you may ask me anything you like here. Do you have a link to your other podcast? I'd be interested in seeing and hearing those. Thanks, girl. Hey, sorry for taking so long to get back to you again. I was working a lot, and then I was sick for a few days. My first question, I guess, would be if you were hoping someone in particular would read your post. Like, was it meant for someone or just a free place to post your poem? I hope you are feeling well. My work was posted basically to cry out to the universe with my feelings. And yes, a free place to post my work and sometimes, not too often, I actually get a meaningful reply. By meaningful, I mean not sexual, not idiotic, and at least somewhat thoughtful. It was written for and inspired by someone specific, however. He does not use Craigslist ever or the internet much at all, so it's safe to say he would never see it here. He did receive the work by other delivery method. He is aware that I post my work and the purpose of doing so is to engage in conversation and to gather commentary and maybe even compliments on my work. I hope I have answered your questions adequately. Have a good evening, girl. Thanks for all the info. I'm all right if that's all you're comfortable saying. Thanks again for getting back to me. Also, hope your post did well. Welcome. I'm always cautious, mostly because need to be clear with intentions, especially in this venue. You are free to ask me anything you like. Your interest suits me perfectly, and is, as I described, the desired result of my anonymous pleas. May I ask what intrigued you about the writing? The master slash pet, or more? Best, girl. Thanks, and you can be certain I will keep this totally anonymous. What drew me to your post was that, to an outsider, appears to lack any clear goal. Without knowing anything about you or your motivations, my first thought would be that it's a poem you wrote that fit the narrative of misconnections well enough that it seemed like an appropriate venue for it. Though I suppose I am curious about the master pet aspect. Is this meant to reference your relationship to this person? Also, you mentioned he received it through the other means. Does that mean you sent it to him? Did he respond to it at all? I do suppose you are correct about a clear goal. The main one would be expression, and a relatively safe and anonymous expression, as you can imagine. The subjects of my work are somewhat off-stream, and while rarely explicit, could cause an annoying type of response and question in more conventional and familiar settings. Yes, Master is the subject and I am his pet. He did receive a hard copy, and I did reply. He encouraged me to publish, and I fill notebooks as the work flows out. Thank you for answering my questions. I assume podcasting is not your only line of work or interest. For me, I do system support and agriculture research. I'm interested in answering your questions as long as you are interested to ask. Regards, girl. 
Mind if I ask what your job entails? It sounds interesting. And sorry for the length between my replies. I do, in fact, have a full-time job. The podcast is just for fun, so I don't lose my mind. Anyway, I guess I'm curious if the master-pet dynamic is a sort of BDSM thing. Was the post written in character? And then she never replied again. And now for a long, brief word from Arvo Zylo. Sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, so, what's up? What do you want to talk about for this? Uh, well, you know, I don't know. I I mean, uh, my cassettes didn't arrive yet. There's an album I have coming out that's supposed to arrive. Uh, I guess it'll arrive tomorrow, but uh, I've got a new cassette out. Um, Sequence of Works Volume 2. And uh, it's stuff that I did before 2004. Uh, it was released in 2000. Some of it was released in 2004, and uh, most of it was written well before that. Some of it was done in 2001. Uh, just very early stuff on a sequencer. And, uh, you know, at that time, it was uh, it was like I didn't know anything about electronics, and I thought that I could make any sound I wanted with a sequencer. <laughs> so, um you know, it, it was a rather, uh, I think the music itself, it's the most musical stuff I've ever done. Most of my other stuff is very experimental and whatnot. But um, it's uh, it's the most musical stuff that I've ever done, and it's uh, rather ambitious, considering that I was trying to, uh, I thought it was entirely possible to uh, emulate other synthesizers and, you know, drum sounds and stuff. I had no idea. So it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, kind of almost an outsider tape because it's just I didn't know anything about experimental music but it was me um, finding all these crazy sounds on the sequencer and thinking that you know hey this sounds like a modular synthesizer or whatever <laughs> and um, you know ma- making music that I think is really good and other people have said so too but uh, I never really promoted it that much because I didn't know how to when I was you know 23 or something like that and um it's supposed to arrive soon as being co-released by CIP and Rainbow Bridge and Forever Escaping Boredom Records. Um, so it's it's available for pre-order on my Bandcamp, uh, nopartofit.bandcamp.com. And uh, I won't 
actually announce it until I make sure that everybody has their copies, all the, all the labels that have participated in producing the professional cassette uh, have their copies, just so there's no uh, <laughs> miscommunication. <laughs> so you don't want me to release this yet, I, then? Oh, sure, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's available for pre-order. It's, it's okay. You can, you can pre-order it. You can uh, download some early, like there's there's free tracks available for download before this release date, which is October 15th, but it's supposed to arrive tomorrow. It's supposed to arrive today. I thought it was supposed to arrive today, but they sent me an email at 12.06 a.m. saying it's going to arrive tomorrow. So I thought, you know, uh, it's only six minutes off, so it might as well be tomorrow. So uh, yeah, I guess it'll arrive tomorrow. But um, I, I will ship pre-orders early, and I will start promoting it heavily uh, and announcing it um, when I know that there are all the other labels that have thrown in on the tape uh, get their copy. It's uh, it's going to look great. There's two different there's two different color imprints, so it's uh, silver and violet on black tapes, and a full color jacket, uh, full color inserts, and stuff like that. So it's a uh, I'm excited about it. I mean, uh, it's stuff that's been bothering me. That I never really properly released it. Uh, I released it on a very limited edition CDR, and some of the other stuff was on a CDR. It was limited to five copies and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I didn't know anything about experimental music, and I just gave it to my friends, basically. Uh, I didn't know how to sell stuff then. So uh, now it's getting properly released, and it's a sequel to another a sequence of works that's out on out-of-body records right now. Uh, so it's part of a series. There's going to definitely be a third volume, and I'm not sure. I, mean, I don't think there's going to be any more than that. But, you know, it's just the stuff. I've got hundreds of hours of stuff that I've never released, and a lot of it is only on my sequencer. And uh, it's like just stuff that's really bothering me that I've never released, uh, only because it didn't fit into a perfect... Uh, kind of conceptual idea that I have, although it's rather abstract, like the idea that I had. It's like a, something that's not easy to communicate, you know. But uh, why why are you putting it on a cassette? Because like, I know I don't have a cassette player anymore. <laughs> Is there a reason um, for that? <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of like a... It's, they're more likely to have a... You know, you get a download with it. Uh, it doesn't come with a download code, per se, but you if you order it, by Bandcamp, you get the download of it as well, so you don't necessarily need to have the cassette. But um, I always thought that, you know, I, I, I honestly, I stuck with cassettes for as long as I could. Uh, <laughs> in, in, in the punk scenes in, in the 90s, everybody was putting stuff out on cassettes if they couldn't afford vinyl, and, uh, you know, some people, plenty of people, of course, were putting out CDs, and I, oh, you know, if they didn't have any other format, I would buy CDs, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had thousands of CDs. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I always liked cassettes. You could, you know, you could throw them at people, and you know, you could, you could take them apart and look at the mechanisms of them. You know, um, you could throw CDs too, and they'll fly like a, like a what do you call it? Like a not a hulu. Why am I forgetting the, the frisbee? I don't know how I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but you can't guarantee that it's going to work after that. Like I can throw a cassette at <laughs> somebody, throw them, and they, if they catch it, that's fine. If they don't catch it, it's probably still going to work. But, you know, that, that's just, you know, the, the idea of it being not, not so fragile is something that appeals to me. And also, when when you put out a CD, which is something I've done, and I feel like people just regard them in the same way that people used to regard floppy disks. Like, it's just a thing that they put into their computer and, uh, you know, get it that way. Hmm. It's it's like uh, there's not as much value placed on the actual physical product. And, 
you know, I, I, I sort of uh, value the physical product. I like when someone gives me an opportunity to listen to something outside of my computer or outside of a digital device even. Uh, that, that's, that's how it is for me because I, I mean, I don't have a CD player player. Like, I don't have a disc changing, rotating thing. You know, it's, uh, it's more about, you know, it's, it's, it's just something I put in my computer. I mean, I'm going to rip it to my computer at the highest quality possible and I'm going to put it on a shelf and I'm probably not going to look at it again too much. Hmm. And, uh, how's the show in November going? Have you gotten many submissions for that yet? Um, we're almost to a point where we can work with the bare minimum, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but we still, we still got over a month and, uh, yeah. you know, my, uh, my friend who runs the venue, he's actually just beginning to start like greasing the wheels for this, you know, so he's, he's just getting started. I've, I've already rolled through all my friends and, you know, they're either going to do it or not going to do it. And, you know, uh, a lot of people, it's the day after Halloween, so a lot of people probably don't want to commit to it. It's like be hungover and whatever. <laughs> but um, you know, there's also going to be a, a, some other acts playing. Um, some notable acts. Uh, Philip Bonsalek has a project, and he's not actually widely known as an experimental artist, but he had a radio show for 15 years. Um, it started out in New Orleans, and then it was in Chicago, and it was specializing in experimental music. So he, uh, you know, everybody knows who he is, and. Uh, and he's a great guy. And plus, there's also going to be a uh, probably going to be a touring act. I'm not sure if that's confirmed or not, but a touring act, IDM Festival, who has been around for a while, and uh, I've always liked his work. So it's just a happy accident there that it'll be this kind of a multifaceted show. Um, it'll be, you know, um, probably I've been told it's going to be mentioned in uh, the paper, uh, one of the weekly papers here, New City, uh, because uh, it's part of a Chicago Artists Monthly program where they're sort of like celebrating people who make art about Chicago. And right. my project is definitely about that because we're all filming <laughs> and recording train rides on the Chicago Hills. Yeah, do you want to run through real quick, like how if somebody wants to be involved, like what they would have to do, and what they would be, what the end product would be, real quick? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's they have to have a digital device to play uh, tracks, uh, so they would be able to be skipping tracks. So they will have a recording of a train ride that's at least ten minutes long on the Chicago L, and they would basically play whatever music they want to listen to for ten minutes and then skip that. that on, on cue, uh, we're going to have 15 to 20 people sitting in seats that are arranged sort of like a train, and we'll have projections of people filming uh, their train rides, and so anybody can also do that. They can contribute, and we'll make a montage of different people's films of uh, train rides. So uh, they, they basically just need to be able to do that. We're going to plug them into um, the sound system, and we'll gradually go from listening acoustically to whatever comes out of their earbuds or their headphones, you know, like you do when you sit on a train, you, you always hear people listening to, to music on their headphones, you know, if they sit next to you or something like that, sort of like, you know, uh, meta, as the kids are saying. <laughs> you, you will gradually move it up into the stereo spectrum and um, then we'll switch to it being a train. And so we'll have a lot of white noise and a lot of, uh, probably a lot of recordings of people fighting and talking <laughs> themselves. All kinds of craziness. Yeah. And uh, 
You don't want to talk about the Tanetta thing, I take it? <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about it too much. I mean, it's... Uh, it's canceled. It, at this point, getting, <laughs> it's going to be a legal matter. I mean... Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that's so baffling about it is that he doesn't seem to remember the telephone conversation except for the fact that he's trying to uh, lie and say that I offered him $500 and I never did that. I oh, mean, yeah. I wouldn't... Well, no, but I, I, I went to the uh, the theistic Satanist... Uh, Reverend Doctor's blog, and he's now claiming that like Tonetta wanted more money because of the Bandcamp, which you're not making additional money off of. Which, if there was any contact, they would know that. So it's like they've had no, these. Con- I, I, uh, I've only, I've, so I've only sold one download that wasn't accompanied by a purchase of the cassette. Uh, and it, you know, so after Bandcamp took their cut, it was like three dollars and fifty cents or something. Uh, but you know, just to, for your listeners to to sum this up, it's like I called him. In early August or late July, uh, and we had a great conversation. You know, it was like when we ended the conversation, he's like, "Yeah, if you're ever in Toronto, you know, give me a call. We'll go get some coffee or something." <laughs> you know, it was a very nice and civil and you know fun, more or less, conversation. And yeah. I said, "You know, hey, I'm a big fan of your work. I've been putting together my favorite songs of your work for months, and I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I wake up. I think it's great. You know, it, it lifts my spirits. It makes me want to dance. I don't want to dance very often." <laughs> Uh, you know, and I said, you know, I'd I'd like to put out a cassette of this material, and uh, I'll pay you in advance, so you know that I'm not messing around like these other labels seem to have been doing. And he said, okay, yeah. Well, how do you think you're going to sell it? And I said, well, he's like, do people still buy cassettes? And I said, yeah, yeah. You know, I work in an experimental realm, and um, you know, very limited edition stuff, but people like uh, sort of uh, physical objects more so maybe than with pop music, you know, with iTunes and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he said, well, great, you know, good luck. <laughs> so, but he told me that he, he can't accept checks because he doesn't have a bank account and, he, you know, he, he uh, doesn't have a PayPal account, of course. So I said, all right, well, I'll send you something Western Union and I'll, I'll mail it to you. I took down his address and all that stuff. And I sent it to him in advance. I mean, it was... Uh, I don't remember when it was shipped, but I think it was shipped on August 21st, the, the first letter. Um, and by the time the cassettes came, I made the announcement on September 3rd, and I thought he'd already received it, and I couldn't get hold of him anymore because he disconnected his phone. And I thought that was that. Yeah. So, uh, so he received it, and he's not going to call me long distance. Because uh, <laughs> he, he's on a landline, so it's long distance charges and stuff. He doesn't have you know, Skype or whatever. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, great. You know, he, I, I sent him a message on YouTube. I said, okay, hey, the tapes are in. Uh, you know, how many copies do you want? And he didn't reply. And it's like, you know, I could post those private messages. I could just say, you know, I thought he already received the money. I didn't think for a second that he didn't receive the money. And then, well, of course, I make the announcement, and it uh, it shows up a day later. It returned. The letter had been returned because the guy didn't give me his apartment number. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking it wasn't returned because he forgot to give me his apartment number. Right. Or in all fairness, maybe I forgot to write it down, but I don't think I would forget to write it down. You know, I asked him to actually repeat his address twice. So um, I remember that part. Yeah. So, you know, the only only thing I really did do wrong, in all fairness, I took for granted that I could post it on Bandcamp, you know, because everybody releases stuff and they sell things through Bandcamp now. Right. I didn't ask him about that. That's one thing I didn't ask him about. I forgot 
Uh, but but it's also, such a minor thing because you're not going to be making. I mean, I made the assumption you're not going to be making any money. I didn't realize you were selling digital versions, but like, I assume you would have been paying him if you got any significant money that way anyway. It's not like you're making money through the free streaming of it. In fact, I had international customers in a. In the past, I had just been like, okay, you know, I'll charge a certain amount and I'll take a loss if it's higher, and I have taken losses. In this case, I, I went to the USPS website and I, uh, I calculated how much they said it was going to be, and they said it was going to be higher than it actually was. So I ended up charging people too much for international shipping, and I refunded the difference to every single person who bought internationally. You know, people in Mexico, mm-hmm. people in Canada, and uh, it. You know, there, there's, there's, there's no. I have no desire to rip people off at right. all, whatsoever. You know, I mean, he's a weird I, person to rip people off with, too. I mean, like he was kind of big like five years ago when he got a lot of attention from all those news outlets. But like, why, why would you use him now <laughs> to rip people off with? Well, you know, it, 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 he, it, it, he generated a fair amount of sales, considering that it, you know, uh, in the first week, I, I got rid of thirty. 40 copies or something oh, wow. like that. And, you know, after he started posting stuff uh, publicly, it diminished, of course. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've got uh, about uh, 40 copies maybe left over that, you know, I also gave away a great deal of them because I'm not greedy, you know. I'm, yeah. I, just, I, I just wanted to share the love, so to speak, you know, have fun. Everybody, you know, this music is great. Check this out. And now I can't even listen to the fucking music. I can't get into it at all because of this, all this uh, drama and this childish, you know, counterintuitive bullshit. Yeah, same but here. <laughs> and I feel bad about I, I've, I feel bad, I tried to keep my cool as much as possible with it, but it was just so fucking frustrating. And yeah, now I can't do it either without just like all of this baggage attached to it. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's been screwed. Uh, maybe he has, maybe he hasn't been screwed over in the past. I'm wondering what the other label says. I emailed the other label that apparently has, uh, according to Tony, uh, ripped Tony off. Yeah, uh, and I haven't I haven't checked my email yet today, but um, you know it, it's hard for me to believe that they would continue releasing several items without paying him anything at all. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that you know that you know he first said that he didn't remember even having the conversation with me, and then he said he remembers now that I owe him five hundred dollars. <laughs> I, I, I never, I never, I never agreed. I never agreed to give him five hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I agreed to give him a hundred dollars American yeah. in advance and some copies of the cassette, and an unspecified amount of copies. Because sometimes when you work with artists, they only want a few copies for their archive, and other times they want as many copies as they give them. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm not greedy. I don't care. I, I just wanted to support the guy because I feel bad for people when they get screwed over. But you know. Uh, he's getting screwed over for a reason because he's a stupid asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least that's the way it seems right now. I mean, I mean, it's hard not to say that when he's just posting all these fucking videos calling you a scammer when you've, like, clearly... We've both been reaching out to him for a month now trying to say, like, hey, your money is there. It's sitting there waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it could be. There's a possibility that it could be my fault that the letters are being returned. Yeah. I don't know how. I can't see that. Uh, but I have tried every way to mail it to him, and you know, I, I spent a whole night calling him because at first uh, it didn't say it was not in service. It said it was busy. So, oh. Huh. Um, I kept calling him all night. You know, for one night trying to call, and it just said it was busy. And then after that. Um, it said it was disconnected. So I got an international plan on my phone and all this, and, you know, it, uh, it amounted to nothing. And it's just, 
you know, what are you going to do? Some people don't make any sense, but you know, this this, uh, this Satan guy is, is like, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't read his his, his blog entry yet. Uh, I mean, if you can yeah. read it, <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, like it, insane. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that they can either take down the video or it's going to be this long drawn out thing. Right. And I will take whatever legal, legal action I can. And, and it's, it's a matter of integrity. It's not about uh, how much money I can get from them or whatever. It's a matter of, you know, I release artists with a, with a, with a matter of integrity in mind. Yeah. I, I don't care about what I make. I don't care about how much it sells. I don't care about any kind of, uh, you know, in, attention that I'm ever going to get for any reason. I just do this because I feel the need to do it. Uh, and and that's, that's why people do art, you know. We yeah. can't really explain why we do art, you know. Why, you know, you can't, like, uh, you can't really do much with art. You can't, you can maybe plug some uh, leaks in the ceiling with it or <laughs> something. You can't really actually do anything with it except for, you know, you lift your spirits or make you, make you think or, you know, decorate something with, you know, something that matches the drapes or whatever the purpose is, is for art for some people. Uh, I, I find it to be, you know, most of my spare time is spent on, on creative pursuits because I find it to be something like a spiritual uh, path. Uh, you know, it's, it, it makes me more in touch with my intuition and um, uh, it makes me constantly think of uh, creative alternatives in life uh, with everything, you know? Yeah. What if I could do this and what if I could do that? And, you know, it's like a mental exercise. But uh, I don't I don't think these folks understand that. And, I, you know, as I said, I haven't read this guy's blog, but he, he, he doesn't seem to have a clue uh, as to, like, why I would do something like this. Like, I, he, he said uh, that I was lying because I said that I had paid him, and in fact I hadn't paid him, but I thought I had paid him. Yeah. And uh, so he's, he's, you know, trying to... I don't know what he's trying to do now because I'm going to burn the tapes. I've got the tapes sitting here. I'm going to tonight. I'm going to go to the lake and make a video of it, and I'm going to burn them. Yeah. Uh, he's just playing devil's advocate, basically. No, he, I, I don't think that. He, I, I think he. I think he's just uh, kind of like mindlessly following this Tony guy. And, oh, I know, but like his line of argument is basically just like the sort of devil's advocate line of argument. Well, like, well, how about this? Like, there's like no real. Uh, like thought behind his arguments is just contrarian for the sake of contrarian to support his viewpoint. Okay, so you're saying it's speculative and anecdotal, but there's no actual evidence being presented. No, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's contrarian for the sake of contrarian. Like, he has a viewpoint, he's trying to support it, and he's just, like, grasping at straws to try and support it. Yeah, I mean, every time I meet people who consider themselves individualists, they end up being (laughs) these cutter just like sheep-like mob mentality people. Yeah. I've never understood that. You know, it's like it, it, the first thing you need to know about any concept of individualism, if, if there is a such thing in the first place, you know, <laughs> into that conversation of like free will and all that, uh, you know, it, it's logic and critical thinking. And, you know, you, you know, you probably want to have a, a good, uh, you, you want to probably have a good education if you're going to make this argument. <laughs> like you have a, have proper grammar and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, there, there's there's no sense of uh, actual critical thinking. There's just this following following orders mindset, which is, you know, not something that the leader of a so-called individualist group should uh, do. <laughs> but, I, I just don't understand. Like, I, I mean, it's, it, you know, 
as a guy like myself, I always expect people to be decent and honest and respectable because that's how I treat other people. And yeah. I don't like making, I mean, I always treat everybody to some extent in a friendly manner, unless I am forced to do otherwise. And yeah, we gave, we gave them the benefit of a doubt for a full month. Like even after he posted his original scammer videos too, we still gave him the benefit of a doubt. Like maybe he just didn't see these messages we've been sending him for the past month. <laughs> No, I, I mean, my comments were, you know, some of them at least were like, you know, hey, you know, I'm right here. I'm not yeah. going anywhere. We will work this out. We will figure it out. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's just attention. It's like some people just want any kind of attention, even if it's negative attention, even if, you know, it won't lead to, to positive attention in the future or any attention in the future, you know, yeah. um, but when you're dealing with the underground, sometimes you're dealing with people that there's a reason why they haven't been found. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm sort of trying to say is that I yeah. really like, uh, I mean, maybe, but I really like people who just do not give a shit what other people think at all. Yeah. Because I'm one of those people and I find them to be really rare and I find them actually to be tricky to pick out too, you know? Yeah. It's like um, people who don't actually care what other people think. You can't just follow a formula for that. You can't just like read a book about not caring about what other people think. You have to actually internalize the concept of really not caring at all about what other people think. But you know, there is also the concept of integrity. You know, I don't care how many people think that I ripped off this guy because I know I I know you know without a shadow of a doubt I didn't rip him off at all. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, that's the, that's the concept of difference. It's like the matter of integrity. This guy is trying to destroy my reputation as an artist and a label, and just just for the sake of integrity, I'm going to fight every way possible to make that stop. But you know, I don't care about these these people thinking that I'm a scammer. I mean, if they're that stupid that they can't even like, I mean, I, I've I've rebuttaled every single situation that I could find. Yeah. Where where people are like, oh fuck this guy, let's kill him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's like. Wow, that's a mob mentality if I ever saw one. <laughs> All right, and real quick, about to run out of space on my recorder. So on a ending on a positive note, um, real quick, how do people find everything again? All your new cassette, um, not to notice cassette anymore, but the new cassette and info about the uh, performance in November? Uh, NoPartOfIt.com. That's and it? The, the info about the cassette hasn't been announced yet, so that is at NoPartOfIt.BandCamp.com. That's the only place you can find info about that yet. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks for talking to me again. And uh, uh, I just want to say, uh, the cassette is no longer available. I want to make that very clear. It's not on Bandcamp. It's not available gone. for anybody. I've had people offer me to buy all of the copies of the cassette at full price. I said no. So I just want to be clear. That is over. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm washing my hands of it as much as I can. And there will be a video but, online soon of you burning all of the remaining cassettes. <laughs> yes. Soon. Very soon. All right, everybody, look out for that video of Arvo burning the remainder of his Tonetta cassettes. I mean, that's just been... I'm not even involved in that dispute beyond trying to get Tonetta to talk to him. I, I don't know. I don't even know where the fuck this theistic Satanist comes into it. But, uh, he's a part of it now. Anyway, 
You can pre-order Arvo's cassette, like he said, on his Bandcamp, nopartofit.bandcamp.com. It's seven bucks plus three bucks shipping. And uh, also, obviously, don't forget to go and buy Sassy Black's, not cassettes. She's not Arvo. Uh, you can go buy her, I was going to say cassettes again. You can go buy her EPs on Bandcamp at sassyblack.bandcamp.com. She's also on Tumblr and Twitter. Uh, let me pretend I'm not looking it up right now. She's on Twitter at, at sassyblack underscore. And she's also on the internet in general at <laughs> Harris White. C A T H A R R I S White. There will be links to all of these on the website. But also, go buy the EPs right now because they're both on sale for $5 right now. And you heard those fucking songs. It's totally worth it. $5. Come on. Support Sassy Black and her world tripping adventures. Making more music that's not rude to aliens. And uh, if you want... The other song you heard, as before, was uh, Lost Puppies, featuring Jill Hackney. You can hear their project, their proper project together at motherhore.bandcamp.com. You can find Danger Tits and see about her Star Trek Next Generation riffing on Periscope. I haven't watched yet because I'm a bad friend. At a... I don't understand her Twitter name. It's C H E L L I E 2. The number two shoes. That's where you can find her and watch her on Bandcamp. I don't know. Real quick, before I run out of time, obviously subscribe, send us money, all that bullshit. But also, we're going to do a very special Edgar Allan Poe cast. Yes, I'm going to keep calling it that because I'm a fucking asshole. The Edgar Allan Poe cast will be on the last Tuesday of October. You can submit your own readings or performances of Edgar Allan Poe stories or, po- or sh- short stories or poems to the blog or email, whatever. Just go to the website. Submit however the fuck you want. Or on Twitter. I'm at, I'm at Falcon Bay. If you know me, just reach out to me. But you can read it with, with or without music or ambient sounds, whatever and just send it in or if you want somebody else to give you music just let us know we'll find somebody there'll be a list on the website of everything being claimed right now we have Sarah Century uh, T. Volpone and Jennifer C. Martin all have claimed poems and short stories and Ghost of Dead Tables our first guest Laura Conifer has offered to give you music for it so please contribute to that it should be fun Sarah Century already sent me hers, and it's fucking good, so no pressure, but, you know, be good about it. Do it. Please, send, claim your story now so I know. All right, that's all. I'm going to sleep. Bye.